السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك رب العالمين أفضل الصلاة وتم تسليم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أجمعين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم Alhamdulillah, from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has caused our ears to hear His remembrance subhanahu wa ta'ala and to hear the praises of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And nothing is more therapeutic for the heart than hear, to hear the name of the beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I remember our teachers one time were just reflecting on the blessed name Muhammad. Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they just kept repeating it and then they would ask the question isn't that name sweet and then they would keep repeating it and they would say isn't that name sweet and they would keep repeating it this is the affair of the believer every time that we mention the blessed name of Sayyidina Rasulullah we should be filled with love and if we have love in our heart that love will trigger in the heart these beautiful feelings and these beautiful experiences. As Sayyid Habib Omar says in his Mawlid, Wallahi, swearing an oath by Allah, Ma muhib. Never is the beloved mentioned to by the lover, Illa except that he will be filled with very deep love of our Blessed Prophet And that love is an antidote and it is an elixir. And that love is what allows us to be able to get through this world with all of its tests, with all of its trials, with all of its calamities, with all of its tribulations, with all of its difficulties, with all of its hardship, everything that is that we experience. What helps us navigate all of that is the love that we have for the Rasul sallallahu alayhi which is one of the most foundational and more important reasons that we have gatherings like this on a weekly basis. It's so that that love that you and I all have by virtue of being believers is that it becomes more profound, is that it gets deeper, is that it goes from knowing in our minds that we should love, and of course every believer has love, to having that transfer to penetrate the depth of our being. And one of the things that our teachers also used to say is that their relationship with us is one of preparing to be with the Prophet and his companions and his inheritors and those who love him in the Akhirah. This is the reality. The more that we do this and come together on a weekly basis, but then everything else that contains this meaning outside of this specific time that we dedicate to this, the more that you and I, that when we are going to take our last breath, will resemble the state of Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who for him, it was a meeting with his beloved. What he was thinking about was Sayyidina Muhammad wa Hizbah. He was thinking about meeting the Prophet and his companions, those that stood by his side, those that believed in him and died on that blessed Iman and were honored to have been in the blessed presence of the Rasul And I want to just highlight because we read this on a weekly basis and just to touch very briefly upon these different chapters that we recite. 
and what it is that they contain. So we start by saying, Ya Rabbi Salli Muhammad. And then if you look at what is mentioned after that, there's different ways of praising the Prophet You are pointing out, there's a mention of his various virtues just as there are very blessed supplications that are made. And then we recite verses of the Quran that point out again the great stature of our Prophet and that point to the importance of sending salawat upon him. And then when we get into the four chapters that lead up to the standing, the first chapter is there to motivate us and to stir within us the love for the Rasul amongst many other wisdoms and many other meanings. And then in the second chapter that we recite, then this is about the Prophet Sallallahu true nature and reality, that of light. We have a, uh, that, that he, there's a mention that, that, that he is the light Sallallahu And then that we learn a little bit about his ancestry. And then again, that some of what took place before the Prophet in the third state, in the third chapter, about the covenant that Allah Ta'ala took with the previous prophets and so forth and so on. And then in the fourth chapter that we have a mention of the blessed lineage of the Prophet until we get to the standing, which is really where I wanted to focus. And so once the Prophet entered into this world, things transformed by virtue of him entering into this world. And even though that he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, was a prophet before Adam was even created. And there's multiple narrations of various degrees of authenticity that point to that. He was a prophet before Adam was created, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then when our prophet emerged into this world, things changed because now is that there's the inner meaning combined with the outward form entering into the world. And there's a great wisdom. And just as he was the Imam in Bayt al-Maqdis in Jerusalem on the night of Laylat al-Isra Mi'raj when he led the other prophets and messengers, likewise is that his deen, liyudhiru al-deeni kulla, is that it must be manifested over all other religions. And so that his deen is nasikh, that it abrogates the previous religions that came before it. So what a blessing to be associated with the Prophet ﷺ. So then when we do the standing to honor our blessed Prophet ﷺ, and we learn about the Prophet's emergence, and we welcome him, and we learn a little bit about what happens when he was born ﷺ. But then in the, it's split into four parts, but the last two lines of the, four, of the first part is that it all of a sudden goes forward to the hashar which is the resurrection and the gathering. The bath is the resurrection, the hashr is the gathering. So we learn in this is that the blessing of the Prophet in terms of really the beginning of creation, but his beginning, and then all of a sudden to where we're all going to end, which is we're all going to be standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yawm al-qiyamah. We're all going to be standing before Allah. And what is... Sayyidi Habib Omar say, Anta fil hashri maladun. Is that you will be a refuge on the day of judgment. Laka kullul khalki tafza'. All of creation will anxiously seek refuge in you. They'll all go to you. They address you saying, Do you see what has befallen us of unspeakable terror?
And then that we learn what's going to happen to in that moment on Yom Qiyamah. It is our Prophet ﷺ, only he will be permitted to speak by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can just imagine this mawqaf where every human being who's ever lived on the face of this earth is standing. And there's only one person that is going to be permitted to speak. Only one. Only the Rasul ﷺ. This is a reality. Every single human being, whether they believe in it or whether they deny it, will experience. Everyone will witness this. And only he will be given permission to speak and that he will prostrate beneath the throne, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and it will be said to him to lift your head and to ask and you will be given. Seek intercession and you will be granted intercession. And then our Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, will intercede for us while we're experiencing the most difficult day that we've ever experienced, ever. And then it is one of the wisdoms then now as we transition into the third part of the standing, now it's a matter of seeking forgiveness. Is that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to connect us to the Prophet to gaze upon us, to give us what it is that we desire, to forgive us of all of our sins because that's what we're going to need in that moment. Everything that it is that we did, la ilaha illallah, everything that it is that we missed, everything that it is that we neglected, we hope that if Allah veiled us in this world, that He'll veil us in the next world. And we hope that just as He veils us now, that He will veil us then, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this is really where it all matters, is that what happens in that moment when you and I are standing before Allah. And the more that we reflect upon this, and this is why when we recite this, this is not just about moving our head and listening to the beautiful melodies. The melodies are there to help you reflect upon the meaning. The melodies are there to help you reflect upon the meaning. But really what matters is that you and I are present with these meanings every single week. And imagine if we're present and we're reliving them every single week and we are bringing to mind as if we are standing on Yom Qiyamah and we are bringing to mind the Prophet's prostration and the intercession that's going to transpire after that and our predicament on Yom Qiyamah and how he will be the one people go to. And the more that we prepare for that now, the more that we will be closer to him then. Because we've done it, imagine if you do it, that 50 weeks out of the year, right? Or close to that because we stop for that. But sometimes we do outside of that. So imagine if you're doing it 50 times a year and you're over a course of 30, 40, 50, 60 years, how many times you've done this, just in the mawlid alone, and really thinking deeply about this. This will have a very powerful impact upon us. And those moments that we spend reflecting upon these meanings, and we allow that joy to be in our heart for the Prophet Muhammad love to be in our heart for the Prophet Muhammad are some of the weightiest moments in our life on the scales. Recently we heard one of our teachers say about a young girl who was longing for the Prophet Muhammad And he said that by Allah, all of the kings on earth, all of those who are in political positions on earth, everything that is that they have, he said this young girl who longs for the Prophet is better than all of them in everything that they have. Those moments of longing for the Rasul out of love. And then he went on to say that this is the way that homes used to be. 
What do our children long for? Video games, shoes, you know, who knows what else, all kinds of dunyawi things in their kids. Okay, they can have those things. But in addition to those things, this is what is really important, is that these meanings be in the heart, that they spend time sending salawat upon the Prophet loving him. And there was a beautiful story that Sheikh Yusuf and Nabahani mentions. And there was a, that he used to, he taught his, he had uh, uh, two of his children, one of his, da his daughter had a daughter by the name of Aisha, and he had a son by the name of Muhammad. And he taught them a salawat to say before going to bed. And this particular one was said a hundred times. So they started saying it. And then that they said that his son Muhammad, the young son, he was ill. He was sick. And his daughter saw a dream of the Prophet ﷺ, where she came to the house. He came to the house, sallallahu And that he greeted her and welcomed her. And then he asked in the dream about her brother, Muhammad. And then she said that he's sick. And so he went over and then he made dua for him or wiped over him, sallallahu And then Muhammad woke up in real life in the morning and he was healed by virtue of our Prophet, sallallahu These are not fables. These are not just stories. This is very real. And that when we connect to the Rasul, sallallahu and we love him, and we send sarawat upon him, and we go out of our way to devote ourselves to establishing a relationship within him, the results are very real. May Allah ta'ala bring our hearts to life with his love, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and a connection to him. And may every time that we recite these meanings, those meanings deepen, and they increase within us. Ya Arhamar Rahmi, may Allah ta'ala give us a great portion of love and connection and longing for the blessed Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and bless us to be, follow him in all of our different states. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad, and wa alayhi wa sallam, alhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi wa sallam.